Appreciate the opportunity to be here this morning. Uh, uh, my name is uh, Tim Bunton, and I'm from Boone, North Carolina. If anybody knows where that's at, that's in the mountains of, of North Carolina there. And I'm traveling with Brother Tom these days, driving him around. And uh, But I appreciate the opportunity to be here with you all this morning. If you have your Bible this morning, if you will, turn to the book of James, chapter number 5. If you will, remember some prayers. We go from place to place. and uh, Just starting in the ministry of being an evangelist and trying to learn from Brother Tom. And I figure if you're going to learn, learn from the best, right? And uh, so that's what I'm trying my best to do. And uh, at uh, James chapter number 5, we begin our reading in verse number 16. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Let's pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, as we come unto you this morning, we are so thankful for this opportunity that you have afforded us to be here in this place with these people. Dear Lord, I pray you'd help me to be a blessing and a help unto them. May we receive instruction from the Word of God that it may help us in our prayer life. In Christ's name we pray, and amen. I try my best to be a student of the teachers of prayer. Uh, I guess obviously Christ would be the greatest example of prayer, and as I read through his praying, and I see he would get along often and pray. And uh, he made it very important part of his life. Um, I read after E.M. Bounds. Maybe some of you have heard of him. Uh, I guess of all the writers on prayer, he is probably my favorite. There's something about when I read after him... It just excites me to want to pray. There's just something uh, infectious about it. I read also after Andrew Murray. He's got a book on with Christ in prayer. Maybe some of you you've heard of that one also. It's a good, tremendous book. Uh, then um, I also like Guy King. He's got a book. It's called Prayer Secrets. Uh, it's a great book also, but anyhow, the list goes on and on. You've got your favorites, but the, we, the reason that I read after them and probably the reason you read after them is we want to be better prayers, right? We want to get more out of our praying. Um, as, I, as I read this passage of Scripture here, uh, I would like for us to think about the thought of the much more of prayer, getting more out of our praying. Sometimes, I don't, I don't know if this is the right way to say it, but I don't feel like I get as much out of praying as I put into my praying. 
I don't know if you feel like that sometimes. We maybe have a little term. We're not getting our money's worth. Do you ever think you're maybe not getting your money's worth out of praying? I, I try my best to, um, to study on prayer. I try to be steadfast in my prayer. Uh, when I'm at home, it's hard to do on the road, but when I'm at home, I'll try to get in my study early in the mornings and pray. And, and we do all of these efforts maybe to receive answers to our prayer, and then sometimes we just don't receive them like we think we should. We don't get our money's worth out of it maybe. Now I feel like as you study this out here, if there's ever been a man that got his money's worth out of his praying, it would be Elijah. Prayed very short prayers. They, uh, they were not eloquent, maybe, as we would think. Sometimes we, maybe we think, well, God will recognize us better if we have these great, eloquent prayers. But he's not interested in all that you can do as far as your speech. He's interested in our heart, ain't he? That's what he's looking for, is a heart that is crying out to him, that is burdened for things in our lives. And, and he sees that, doesn't he? And, and so it's not all sometimes the things that we think we should be doing in our praying that receives answers. But, but as we look at this, I want to just think on that thought of the much more of praying. We'll try to look at some things here in this passage of Scripture Hopefully I can be a help to you. We'll focus our thought around that part there in verse 16, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Uh, I would like to have a prayer life that availeth much, wouldn't you? I'd like to have a prayer life where people, maybe they would have a burden in their heart and their life. They would say, now you can go to Brother Tim and, and he can get a hold of God for you. Wouldn't that be wonderful if people would say that about you? That uh, Man, he gets answers to his prayers. He doesn't just pray these old dry prayers, long, drawn out things, but, but he can get a hold of God. Surely, or it seems like, I don't know, but it seems like maybe as James is writing this thought here of the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man... I, uh, maybe the Holy Spirit brings to his mind Elijah and how he studied maybe about Elijah. And, and it just uh, it, that just comes to his mind. He says, oh, okay, now I remember Elijah and he was a man that got much out of his praying. And so he gives him as an example, doesn't he, as a, of a prayer that got much out of it. First of all, I want to think on the thought of the increase of prayer. The prayer that availeth much. Do you really feel like that your prayers avail much? Can you honestly say this morning before God, not before anybody else, but before God, I really feel like my prayer availeth much. Let's think about, let's think about Elijah. First of all, you'll Read that he prayed and it rained not. Now, to me, that's, that's getting some pretty good benefit out of your prayer, isn't it? A prayer that would stop the rain. I, I, I don't know about you, but I said, oh, if I could do something, if I could pray like that, I'd think I was getting a hold of God. Well, then 
He prayed for the widow's son and she was and he was raised from the dead. I don't know about you. Now that's much, much in prayer, isn't it? You remember the story? All of you know the the life of Elijah and how that widow woman's son, she he he died and he went up there and prayed and boy, he came to life. And then as you Follow on through his life. He is on uh, the, uh, the, the place there where Baal worshipers are and everything. And he prayed and fire came down out of heaven. Now that, that's, getting, that's getting a lot out of your prayer. Isn't I don't know about you, but I've never prayed fire down out of heaven. But when James is thinking about a person that his prayers availeth much, he's thinking he, James comes to his mind. Not only does he pray fire down of heaven, but he prays on Mount Horeb. Everybody probably remembers that prayer. And there he's with God, you know, all along, just him and God. And, and he gets to whining to God. He says, oh, I'm the only one left. So God sends him, Hazel, king of Syria, to help him. Really, I guess he comes to punish the nation of Israel for their departing from God. He sends him Jehu, and Jehu, uh, if you study the life of Jehu, he pretty well exterminates Baal worship. He gets them all in that, in that building, you know, bites them all in, and then he closes the door on them, and he, he pretty well exterminates. So uh, Elijah is fighting against Baal worship, and, and he goes to crying to God. He's the only one left. God sends him someone really greater than him to exterminate Baal worship. And then God also, with that same prayer now, he's just, he's just whining to God about being left alone. And then he sends him Elisha. He says, I'll tell you what, Elisha will follow you and minister unto you till the day that you depart. And he's going to take your place. And then he goes on to say, and there's 7,000 that haven't bowed their knee to Baal. All out of a prayer. Now that is getting some Value or money's worth out of your prayer. And then he prays, and the rain comes again. So I'd say that's quite a bit out of your prayer. And I'd like, I'd like to be a person that could pray to God, and God would give the increase to my prayer. But uh, notice, first of all, in the increase of prayer, there is the assurance of prayer. Uh, the Bible says here in verse number eighteen, and he prayed again, and the rain gave, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. There was an assurance of his increase. You go back over into the book of First Kings, and I, I don't, I don't want to turn to it, but you can study it when you get home. But in First Kings. The Lord came to Elijah and he said, go show yourself to Ahab and I will send rain. Let me just say this. You can have assurance of increase in your prayers if you pray God's word. It's really all it was doing, wasn't it? God done told him. He said, I'm going to send rain. Show yourself to Ahab and I will send the rain. So really all he is doing, it's just like in essence you and I and somebody comes to say, I want to, I want to give you something. 
And you say, okay, that's pretty well all he's doing, isn't it? God's done, God's done said, I, I'm going to do it. So all really he's doing is agreeing with God. When he, in his prayer, him and God are one. These two agree, right? He, he's just agreeing with God. In our lives, if we can find a promise in the word of God that God has said to you and I, I'm telling you, if you want to pray that, you can have assurance of the increase. God is wanting to do that thing that he has said to you that he will do. So you have that great assurance. Number two, there, there is the abundance of the increase. If you'll go over, uh, and, and most of this is in 1 Kings, if you want to read it in the life of Elijah. He tells Ahab there's a, the sound of the abundance of rain. Man, he didn't just give rain. Now, I know we think, well, Elijah prayed and, and, and God sent the rain, but God already said he wanted to send the rain. But it wasn't a sprinkle. I'm telling you, this prayer wasn't, wasn't just enough. Sometimes in our per, my prayer, prayer life, I don't know about you, sometimes in my prayer life, I just get enough out of it to survive. Just to go from one day. I say, Lord, would you help me through the day? And it seems like, man, I just get enough to go through the day. But Elijah's praying wasn't like that. He got an abundance of the increase. He told Ahab, he said, you better get down. He said, for the rain's coming. And we know the story, and he outrun him there. Boy, there's an abundance of rain. I'd say we would call it a gully washer. I wonder how many of our prayers are answered with just a sprinkle. When we could really have a gully washer. If we just trust in God and believe in God and just pray Pray as God would have us to pray in the manner that he would have us to pray in. And when we pray for our loved ones that they'd get right, that they would get right. And I'm not saying everybody's going to get right. It's not just a blanket uh, prayer that we can have, but it's a praying according to the word of God, isn't it? And what God has promised to you and I, and it doesn't have to be in the word of God. A lot of times God will promise you something and you know that God has promised you that. You can have assurance that the increase will come forth. Now, it may not be in your time, and it may not be in my time, but it'll be in God's time. So there, there is that fault there, the increase of the prayer. Notice number two, the intensity of the prayer. The Bible says there that the effectual, fervent prayer is what avails much. It's just not saying just any, any prayer to God will avail much. That's not what he's saying at all, is it? The effectual, fervent prayer is the one that avails much. Now you say, well, I pray a lot and I don't see much increase in my prayer. It might be you're not praying the effectual, fervent prayer. But uh, the thought there of the effectual fervent prayer seems to be the energy or the zeal with which you pray. Almost like a working. How long has it been since we worked in our prayer? Or did we just lazily go to God? 
just give our little old Christmas list out there. We wasn't really intense in our prayers at all. We were just trying to get it over with. Before we go to bed, we'll say a few words. Maybe when we get up, we'll say a few words. That's not what this is talking about whatsoever. It is more of a burden. It's, it's down in you. It's not just in your mind or your, your lips, but it's a prayer that is part of you. That prayer, that intensity that is so burdened your heart that you can't sleep or... Every time you try to think about something else, that burden will come back. And that that burden raises up out of you. Um, It was God's desire to send the rain. He just had to get Elijah's desire to match his desire. If we pray the desire of God. God will give us the desires of our heart. The problem with you and I most of the time is our desires do not match the desires of God. But if we can ever get ourselves in tune with God and our desires matching God's desires of what God would have to do in your life or in the church or whatever your praying is about, if you can just pray the way God would pray about that particular subject, then, man, you, you're, you're getting connected then, right? Um, really, all true prayer is birthed inwardly inside you by the Spirit of God. Uh, I know this sounds probably unreasonable, but, but, but all real praying originates with God. God has the desire first before you ever know anything about the desire. God desired to send the rain before he told Elijah he was going to send the rain, didn't he? Uh, it, some way, I, I probably can't explain it good, but God has this desire that he wants to do for you or with you or in you, something to that manner. God himself has this thought. This originates with him. The Spirit of God, according to Romans chapter number 8, he knows the will of God. So he's, he's in connection with God there. And he picks up on that desire that God would have for you. And then he makes the trip to you and bursts that desire in you and he works it inwardly originating with God the spirit of God in you and I begins to burden work stir in our heart and our mind to do or pray in such a manner that he that that thing begin, it starts burning in you. There's this fire. Let's, let's just take, uh, maybe for an instance, God would have me to be a missionary to China. God has the thought first. The Spirit of God, knowing the will of God for my life, begins to burden in my heart 
a desire to be a missionary to China. That thing begins to boil. That, that fervency, that zeal. Boy, all of a sudden, man, I hear a missionary that is in China maybe, and I'd say, boy, I'd sure like to be a missionary to China. That, that burden begins to brew in my heart. You with me? That's the way God works in prayer. He just, he, he wants to do for you. So he gives you that desire that you would have him to do for you. And so it is raw inwardly by the Spirit of God. And then it is worked outwardly by ourselves. The Spirit of God works it in us. Then we outwardly pray back to God. We say to Him what the Spirit of God has birthed in us. This burden, this, this effectual, fervent prayer that God, the Spirit, worked in me. I now pour my heart back out outwardly, back to Him. I would like for Him, and, and sometimes I think, I'm going to tell God something new, but God knew <laughs> recently, didn't he? It's like when you pray to God, you're not telling him something he does not already know. He is, he is well aware of, of what you have need of. He's the one that put the desire in your heart to begin with. And, and then maybe, boy, it's just, man, my heart just gets so overloaded and broken with this, whatever it is. I just bore from my, from down in my heart. Your lips don't even have to move. Be like Hannah there. You know, her lips move, but no words come out of it. Eli thought she was drunk. She had that burden, that load, you know. God needed a, 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 a righteous man in that day. So he put, he put it in Hannah's heart to pray and Hannah prayed for a son that she could give back to God. God was the one that really needed the man, wasn't he? So he birthed that in her. And when she went to pray, you know, she bore her, she was just in bitterness of spirit. She was overwhelmed with that burden. Boy, she just poured her heart back out to God. Now, now we're talking about a prayer here that avail much, anyway. Boy, that effectual, fervent prayer. It worked inwardly. I work it outwardly. Um, Brother Adrian Rogers said this. I thought it was excellent. I wanted to give it to you. But he said, when we send the desire back to God, it closes the circuit that the energy can flow through. It's like an electrical. You know, when you throw the breaker, you know, that lets the energy flow through. Uh, He said, that's the way prayer is. When the Spirit of God works it in us, and we send it back up, that closes that circuit. Uh, God and myself, we agree on this particular thing. Now we're talking about a prayer that will avail much, ain't we? The effectual, the intensity of that prayer, boy, uh, that we would have a burning desire wrought by the Spirit of God in us. And then we would pray it back to God. 
Let me give you the last thing in this. He said there, the effectual fervent prayer availeth much, but in the middle there, he says, of a righteous man. We have looked at the increase of prayer and the intensity in prayer, but here is the individual that is praying. The man Elijah. We know Elijah's the one praying, ain't we? And he's and you can read it there in the book of Kings, and he's down on his knees and he's praying, and he sends his servant, and the servant comes back and says, I don't see nothing. And he keeps sending, you remember? And he sends him seven times. Finally, he comes back and says, I see a cloud as of a man's hand. But first of all, this individual in prayer, I want you to notice, he's just a regular man. We think sometimes of Elijah and the, the prayers and the word of God, we think of them like superheroes, don't we? But... James lets us know here real quickly, this is not some superhero, some superman, or something like that. Notice, if you will, there. The Bible says that he was a man. Verse 17, Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. He was just a regular man. Someone, do you realize that someone just like you and I can have the power to pray that will avail much? I believe the Spirit of God hadn't put this in here just so that we would know. We have the same opportunity that Elias or Elijah had. We have that same, we're just a regular man. He's of like passions that word is like feelings he was affected like you and I are affected sometimes well we say well it's the times we're living in I dare say he was probably living in worse times than we are he is uh, he's just went up again all of these prophets of Baal He's had to deal with Ahab, and he's had to deal with Jezebel. And I mean to tell you, brothers and sisters, this man, he was affected just like we are. I thought, first of all, he fled from the enemy. You remember that? Oh, Jezebel said, I'll have your head next. And he began to flee. Sometimes I flee from the enemy. Do you? Sometimes I flee from it. I say, oh, well, I can't pray now. I've done sin. And we think sometimes it's a sin unto death. And we just can't pray no more. I'm telling you, Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. He fled from old Jezebel. Jezebel scared him to death. Man, I'm telling you, he still prayed. He got so bad, you know, he fainted in the journey. Got under the juniper tree there, and, and he, he said, oh, I wish I'd just die. Do you ever feel like you've just come to the place in your life that you've done so bad, God just ain't going to hear you no more? Boy, ain't Elijah a great example for you and I? Sometimes I come in my life and I say, well, I just believe I'll give up on my praying. God ain't going to answer it anyhow. You must not be like I am. But we have unbelief, don't we? 
we feel like God has just forgotten to answer our prayers and simply that God just could care less about our prayers. But I'm telling you, you are wrong. Elijah got to the place, man, I'm just going to quit. Just go ahead and kill me, God. I ain't no better. I ain't no better than the rest of that bunch of fathers and stuff. He got fed by the angel of the Lord there under the tree. He got so bad that he did not have the strength to continue in the journey. So the angel of the Lord had to come by and feed him. Sometimes if it wasn't for God, I would quit. But he encourages my heart to continue on in the journey. Elijah was a person just like, you know, just a regular. We, we might say in our language, just a regular old Joe. Somebody just like you that are sitting on these pews this morning. Someone just like me that is standing behind this pulpit. We all have our faults. We all have our failures. But we all still have the capacity to pray that will avail much. Because of him. Because he works it in us. It was just a... Regular guy number two, though, the Bible says he was a righteous man. That's probably one of our greatest hindrances in our praying. Elijah was surrounded by all of this. We know he did fail and he did faint. But I do know one thing. He tried to live right. He stood against the religion of that day. And it did seem like, I'm sure to Elijah, when he was out there and there was these 400 prophets of Baal and there was all of this that was going on. And there's Ahab and here's Jezebel and all of this. And I'm sure he felt like, well, he prayed to God. He said, I'm the only one left trying to stand for you. But yet even in that day and time, he was trying to stand against the religion. May I say, dear friends, if you want to veil much in your prayer, you're going to have to live righteous. You're going to have to live right. Uh, I believe it was David spoke about the iniquity in his heart. He would not hear us. You can't live like the devil and expect to have a prayer life that will avail much. He did fail, but I'm telling you one thing. He stood for God when no one else would. Against all of this religion that is going on. He lived holy and right. I guess you might could say he tried to exterminate everything that was against God. And he tried to exalt God. You remember his prayer when he caught down the fire. He just wanted all of Israel to know that there was a God. Let me just say this, and I, I know we're going to sin, we're going to fail and mess up, but there's one thing for sure. Even in our day and time, we can try to stop evil. And we can try to exalt God, even in the day and time we're living in. And do the best we can, not live haphazardly, not live for the world and the flesh. But try our best, even though we will fail, try our best to live for God. And I'm telling you, uh, God recognizes that. 
I know in the day and time we live in, uh, we think we can live any way. We live, uh, you know, we live in a society where you can live like the devil through the week and come to church on Sunday morning and just shout it out and, and all your prayers just avail much, but that's just not true. He was a righteous man. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. wonder how much our prayers are availing. Let's pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, as we come to you, I pray that you will take your word and help us all to meditate upon and study about it and realize sometimes our prayers just don't avail much. Maybe we're not praying according to your will or to the desire that you would have for us in our lives. Help us to get in tune with you. That we may pray as you would have us to pray. We would live as you would have us to live. And that our prayers will avail much. In Christ's name, amen.